RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Well, welcome to Closing the Distance podcast and Facebook Live. I am Carrie Weatherford, one of the associate pastors here at Walsh Presbyterian Church. And today I get the pleasure of interviewing our senior pastor, Jeff Myers. Uh, this is something that we do every week. Whoever the preaching pastor is, we uh, one of the other pastors interviews them uh, about the sermon topic from the day before. And, and yesterday our sermon talk, topic was great. It's you know, can we agree on anything? Um, or is there anything we can all agree on? Certainly, I think that's uh, a question that we ask ourselves a lot these days. Um, so Jeff, thanks so much for being here and being willing to get into this a little bit further. I'm yeah, excited. Awesome. Thanks, Carrie. And thanks for uh, sitting down. And I, it was it was a really fun um, topic to explore and think about. And honestly, like, I think it was maybe three years ago, we did an entire sermon series on the Apostles' Creed. So when I sat down to write uh, the sermon for yesterday, I was like, well, I covered a lot. We don't need to recover all that stuff uh, from a few years ago so people can go and return to hear uh, myself and other pastors preach on the Apostles' Creed. But I tried to hit the highlights of what I thought uh, God was calling us to, to hear yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really impressed with how you did that, too, because you really did um, get into a lot of things, but you kind of took a different um, vantage point than I think that we did even a few years ago. And um, you were really also talking about, you know, this is what we believe, but sometimes, you know, we get distracted and we've got to, you know, come back to these things. And sometimes we get so distracted that we don't see, uh, you know, what's happening, where God is at work. And um, I particularly appreciate it. And I want to say this to everybody that is listening, that if you did not get to listen to the sermon yesterday, watch the sermon, um, there's a great illustration, a video that Jeff used at the beginning about distractions, and I'm not going to spoil it, but it is worth going back to watch. Um, but I appreciated it because it really proved that, you know, if we're not looking for something, if we're not paying attention for something in particular, we are bound to just let it go right by us. We're bound to to miss it. And um, and I think that's really important when we're talking about God's presence, because I, I say this kind of a lot, you know, there's, it's not God's presence that changes in our lives. It's our awareness of God's presence. And so I wanted to ask you kind of, as you were talking about distractions, what are some things that can do, that we can do to practice awareness? in our lives? What are, I mean, are there things that you do to practice awareness of, of where God's at work or that, 
<laughs> yeah. So I think, I mean, this is, again, this is not rocket science. This is like, what is, what have Christians been doing for 2000 years? And it, it's work that has sustained them. And we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, so, I, so number one, I think regular being with uh, other Christians in worship. So, you know, there's a reason uh, Sunday set apart uh, to gather, to rest, and kind of recalibrate and refocus our lives. Um, and so I think that's part. I think uh, uh, having a regular um, habit of prayer. Um, I think Thomas Merton said he defined prayer as uh, to pay loving attention. Mm. And I love that description. So it's not you know, many of us think of um, petitionary prayer as the only kind of prayer that we're asking God for stuff, but really meditating, focusing our minds on, um, on God's presence in our lives, setting time apart to quiet our hearts and our minds. is really important. Um, I, I think that's, I think tithing and giving and a life of generosity really, you know, in a, in our society, that's, you know, capitalist, consumeristic, you know, so much, of our focus is on how much we have and, and accumulating more that the giving away really reorients and resets our own hearts and our attachment to our stuff so that we don't mm. get overly attached to it. Um, and so I think these regular practices that Christians have been practicing for you know, 2000 years are really, um, really important to uh, continue to practice in our own lives. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that you shared yesterday, too, just even with the history of the church, you know, the roots that we've come from, the things that people were dealing with, you know, back then are, are still the things that we're dealing with now, um, even, um, you know, sins and betrayal and uh, betrayal of the church or God and coming back to God. And you mentioned that um, that, that forgiveness of sins part um, in the Apostles' Creed wasn't there originally. They added that in later. And I wanted to know if you wanted to, to talk more about what led them to adding that back in or adding it in at that time. Yeah. I, I mean, so according to my research, you know, it was kind of this idea is the church for a select few for mm -hmm. a super, um, super spiritual, holy folks, or is it a place for sinners, right? And I think, you know, uh, Augustine often would describe the church as a hospital for the sin-sick soul, as the old hymn says. And I think if we view the church as that place, then we have an easier time forgiving one another, I think. And, and we have high expectations, but we also understand the human condition is often we miss the mark. Um, mm -hmm. And so I always like highlighting that fact that the Apostles' Creed want to make that explicit we believe in the forgiveness of sins and that's not just for me but that's for other people too and we always should remember in the lord's prayer forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors there's this assumption that we are going to be forgiving and that's why god um and that's tied up with god's forgiveness for us um mm -hmm. and so I, I think that's really important i think um i think for some of us I don't know, I just think it's, it's easy for human beings to think the church has got to be totally pure, you mm -hmm. know, that we, that we sh only um, holy heroes are, are allowed in here. And that's just not the case. And I, and part of my vocation, I see as 
in my life, honestly, like I grew up in the church, not the Presbyterian church, mm-hmm. but in the church. And I had had these questions and I would think I'm the first person to, to or we are the first people to ever wrestle with who's mm-hmm. included, and who's excluded from the church. But then in my research and my reading, I can counter like, oh, no, the church has been asking these questions and wrestling with them since its very founding. And it made certain decisions at the very beginning that were pivotal for its growth into the future. Um, And so I think I like to hopefully take what I've learned and share that with other people that may not uh, be familiar with our history. And I think people take great comfort in going, oh, we wrestled with these questions at the very beginning and we came down on. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I I love what you said too about that it's not this place just for holy heroes. In fact, I find that to be really problematic, especially when you put uh, even church leadership or pastors, you know, on the, 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 even on a pedestal where they're perfect, that takes away from Jesus. You know, there is Jesus is, um, Jesus is our holy hero, right? Um, and so I, but I think it gets problematic when we think that, you know, that there it's sinless people. This is exactly why we needed a savior. We're all sinners in need of God's grace. Um, we all fall short. Uh, not that we're not striving, but you know, it's, it's right. all of us. In, um, in, 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 mm-hmm, go ahead. I just want to highlight this for folks just really quick in the reform tradition. So the reform tradition is the theology that comes out of Reformation and John Calvin. There's a distinction between justification and sanctification. Mm-hmm. And we are justified in Christ, that what Christ is, uh, has made real for us, um, we receive by faith. Okay, that's done. Okay, mm-hmm. when, when we confess, we're baptized, um, we believe and we trust in Jesus Christ. But then we recognize that this is a, a spiritual journey of growth. And that's the process of sanctification, mm-hmm. where we grow in Christ. Um, we, we build um, uh, spiritual muscles. We become more patient, less angry, more yes. loving, more generous. But that's a progress through time. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's important to keep that's an important distinction to understand. So just because you become a Christian doesn't mean you're all of a sudden perfect. No, you're holy in Christ, but because of Christ, not because of your own moral effort. But that doesn't mean you're not striving to grow to be like Christ, right? So I think keeping those uh, clear in our minds and for our own discipleship and spiritual growth is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Those are actually two of my favorite theological topics, justification, sanctification, my favorite parts of theology. And I will say this too, that if there is anybody that is wanting to dive into those kinds of things more deeply, surely Guthrie has this great um, book on theology called On Christian Doctrine. I always recommend, I feel like it does a really good job of of explaining these concepts in a really accessible way. Um, So speaking, well, speaking of kind of the church before too, you brought up uh, uh, Marcion, I I think I still said it wrong, Uh, this theologian that that really was um, very divisive in the time and kind of talked about uh, God being two different gods. And this was um, that there was the God of the Old Testament was a different God than the God of the New Testament and and how that then ended up splitting um, churches. And and um, 
what happened there. So I'd love for you to just dive into that a little bit more, um, kind of what happened there, uh, because I have a follow-up question for that, but I'd love for you to dive in just in case people aren't familiar. Yeah, yeah. And I think, so you'll, and you'll encounter this in Bible studies. Um, people, when they read the Old Testament, they'll say, wait, God, God seems really angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, but if you, if you look between the lines a little bit more closely, you'll see God's covenant faithfulness to the people as they rebel again and again, God takes them back. God forgives them. Um, God loves them. Uh, and, it, or, or for instance, like, so the, one of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's what some people think about the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. From our vantage point, okay, that seems really harsh. But what actually that was doing at the time was it was putting a limit on punishment. Mm-hmm. So an eye for an eye meant you couldn't, you couldn't punish somebody by cutting their head off, right? It mm-hmm. would put a limit, an eye for an eye. You couldn't punish worse than they had done. And when you see it, because in these ancient societies, oftentimes punishment was used to terrorize the populations and to abuse people. And, um, you know, with the Ten Commandments and um, with, I think, the law, we see a containment on punishment yeah. um, and a way that you can uh, find your way back into the community. Anyway, we could get all into that. But I, mm-hmm. I think, um, but it's really important to see. The Old Testament is a witness to Christ in anticipation or expectation. And the New Testament is bears witness to what it's witnessed in Christ. Mm-hmm. But Christ is at the center of both the Old Testament and the New Testament, bringing them together, right? And, um, and it's one God in, uh, uh, th- uh, you know, three ways of being, um, mm-hmm. three persons. Um, and usually people, because we're Trinitarian, but, um, and so that can be difficult for people to wrap their minds around, but it gets really important here um, because we are Trinitarians and that God, in God's um, triuneness, if you will, unites scripture together and scripture bears witness to that God revealed in Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's so helpful. And I think because when that did come up, um, it, it sparked a conversation. That's why I, I wanted you to kind of go into that a little bit more about the two, that idea that there's two gods. Cause Jason and I have had a lot of conversations through reading the old Testament and the new Testament about, wow, there, there's a lot of harsh things, but we always come back to the book. You, you also see, even though there's harsh things, this nature of God that is still loving in that. And, um, but, but looking at it um, through that lens. So that's really helpful. Well, and, and Carrie, you might also, it's good to know that like in the early church, when they figured out what books they were going to include or not include in the Bible, um, you know, they did that with the New Testament, but they also had to figure out what from the Old Testament were they going to take. Yeah, And basically right. like 75, 80% of the books in our Old Testament are referred to either explicitly mm-hmm. or implicitly in the New Testament. And so there's this unity. And, and like I said, you know, um, yesterday, if if you don't have an old Testament, you're really going to have a tough time understanding what Jesus is about or, you know, his ministry. Um, mm-hmm. No, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank heavens Marcy and didn't win out in his argument. No, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of arguments, and this is kind of where I wanted to go next, because I, I think there is no shortage of arguing in our world right now. You can 
argue about all of the things, anything. And your, your sermon title, is there anything we can all agree on? So, but here's the thing. We're going to have arguments. We're going to have arguments within our own church. You know, people are, are going to, to wrestle with things. In fact, I, I believe we're called to wrestle with scripture together. It, it We're all um, trying to figure out um, interpreting scripture and, and where God is leading us. How do we handle the things that we don't agree on? How should we as the church handle those things that we don't agree on? Well, I think, so we have kind of internal church debates and kind of external ones. So I'm, and by that, I'm thinking about, let's say Roswell Presbyterian Church. How do we deal with disagreements within the church? Well, mm-hmm. in terms of official um, church policy, we, we do it through a representative democracy where we vote on elders to represent us and then they deliberate prayerfully to discern how God is moving and calling us forward. And we really see it as not a human decision, but we're trying to discern God's will for our right. congregation. And then our broader sense, um, we do that as Presbyterian Church USA congregations um, in the United States. But then when you think about um, some of the big uh, disagreements on, let's say, between uh, um uh, Presbyterians and Lutherans, or Episcopalians and uh, and Presbyterians, or Protestants and Catholics, and and there's a lot of deliberation about what what the truth is and discerning um, what the right way to go is uh, in terms of theological decisions. And my point is is of all of those things, um, really the only thing we can agree on is the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed. And even in the Nicene Creed, uh, between the Eastern Church, the Eastern Orthodox Church, and the Western Church, there's a disagreement of what's called the filioque clause. And you learn about this, and people say, who cares? But it's basically, um, and it comes back to Trinitarian theology, but um, the, the, uh, the Son proceeds from the Father, and the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. That's the Western conviction. But the Eastern Church says... Um, the son proceeds from the father and this uh, and the spirit proceeds from the father right so so it's very very different and there's implications down the road about Mm -hmm. how to understand um where to recognize the spirit's work in the world um and stuff like that but that's a big disagreement and people are still disagreeing about it but for the most part i think we can agree on the apostles creed that it's kind of the 101 of the christian faith um that this is kind of what you need to believe it's Mm -hmm. essential to making sense of Mm -hmm. scripture and our life together. That's great. That's great. Um, Because I think that, and I, and I probably should have made that distinction too. There are kind of those deal, you know, things that are central to what we believe. And then of course, there's going to be things that come from that, that, that we all have different thoughts on that we're wrestling with together Uh, because it is, I mean, there's a lot of mystery in faith as well. um, And we can't fully comprehend everything. And that's part of, you know, why we continue to study together and do Bible studies and um, have these conversations. And, and I think that it's important to make space for those conversations to continue to happen um, with one another in the Christian community uh, that also though are, you know, we look at scripture as, you know, authoritative, but as we continue to, you know, wrestle in that scripture together to be respectful of one another and listen to one another and um, all of that. 
So I love, I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that next week. We're going to get into the Scots Creed. So, which may be something that people aren't as familiar with, but um, I asked our students yesterday, some questions for you too. Um, and in it, one of the questions was, uh, and this is, this is just wording. Um, uh-huh. One of the questions was about the sermon series. So, and I don't think I said this at the beginning. Our sermon series is called Roots to Roots or Roots to Routes. And uh-huh. they really want to know which one it is. <laughs> well, they've heard it so, said a few times. So just pronunciation. Yeah, I, I think you can say routes, roots or routes. Either way, it's fine. I think roots to roots. Um, well, honestly, our choir director, uh, John Perry, requested that I not say routes because he said it really irritated me. Think it sounds. He thinks it sounds terrible. So when your <laughs> choir director says that, you kind of have to say, well, if he says it sounds terrible, who am I to judge? But I th- also think roots to roots makes somebody when they go, what? That doesn't make any sense, and then they have to go and think about it. And I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I once heard somebody use the phrase "our roots lead to our roots," and I was like, what? And then. Um, and that it was kind of so that's where I got the sermon uh, series title from. But uh, yeah, abs- absolutely. And I, I do say, Carrie, I'm not willing to die on that hill. If you want to say routes, that's just fine by me. Well, I, I you know, I think I thought it was a, a good question. And it's kind of funny because I, I had actually had that thought in my mind. I was like, well, it's routes, roots. I get it. A root. <laughs> um, but I, I really appreciate this sermon series and looking at where we come from and in as we're talking about the core our core values as christians and then where then does that lead us and we're continually being led and i think that that's important to look at as as a a church but also individually this is this has implications for all of us as individuals where as Christians, as followers of Jesus, where is God leading us? And uh, and I think that all circles back being really aware of God's presence, um, spending that time, as you said, you know, paying loving attention, you know, kind of having that that time with God and and, and really trying to discern where God is leading each one of us, um, and certainly the whole church, which you shared even how we set up even our government, looking at doing God's will. It's not our own will. It's we are interested in doing just as the apostles creed says, thy will be done. That's what we're interested in. Um, so I really, I really appreciate this sermon series. Um, before we uh, ask you what you're into this week, this will be kind of a nice little segue into that. So our children at our modern service also had some other questions for you um, that aren't related to the sermon series, but um, but okay. I promised them that I would ask you. So we've got just a couple of minutes left. So the, the questions are, <clears throat> there's more than one answer to this, but okay. where do you get your shoes? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like I purchased some on, I mean, I'm a, I, I have the Nike, um, the Nike sneakers app. I have Adidas or also more correctly called Adidas. Uh, Adidas. Confirmed Did you know app. that? And then, um, and then I get some on StockX. 
Um, and I've gotten most on StockX, but I, you know, I don't have as people, and I sell a lot of shoes too. So I'd like people think I have like this like footlocker's worth of shoes in my closet, and that's not the case. But I because I'm always, you know, buying and selling, much to my life. You gotta support your habit. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I try to break even at least. Well, I've learned new things. I didn't stock X. I didn't know what that is. Um, no, it's actually, that was a, um, a company started by a guy who went to Emory, um, did his huh? MBA and his JD there. And um, yeah, and it's a, so they only do uh, dead stock shoes. So they're going to be brand new. They got to be great. And they're um, cleared in a facility here in Atlanta. And so, you know, you're getting, uh, you're not getting, you know, a replica or anything like that. Um, but you're getting the real shoes and they're, and they're real nice, <laughs> but often not real cheap. Although, although this is true care. I was at brunch with my wife yesterday and her mom, kids, and this kid walked up by and I said, oh my goodness, those are Travis Scott's. Travis Scott's a rapper. Yep. He did this. Um, he I do know these, that. Uh, sneakers. Okay. There you go. And he did these sneakers and on they're brown, they're like a mocha brown and they've got a backwards nike symbol and i said those shoes right there are about fifteen hundred dollars on StockX. and she was like what i said i'm not even kidding you so i went on and looked and yeah they're selling for like fifteen hundred bucks and this kid who's like 12 years old rolling around in fifteen hundred dollar sneakers and i'm like that kid's got to be careful because somebody will try to steal your shoes off your feet <laughs> if you got Travis scott's on that's amazing that is crazy oh my gosh can't imagine spending that much on my kids shoes um, well, yeah I, yeah i don't know i wouldn't spend that much on my own shoes so. no i will save all right real real quick they also this is also a clothing question last clothing question you'll get is where do you get your pants oh but you oh, do yeah, have I, favorite pants yeah i i i have i had there well this is so they're lululemon pants um and I got them because they fit me really nicely and they're all the same kind. And I have five different pairs in different colors that I bought like five years ago. And, and I, and I, I've tried to eliminate all the decisions or as many decisions. So I don't have to think through mm -hmm. for my life. And so I have a kind of a regular rotation of pants and a regular rotation of shirts and, and I rotate my sneakers. That, that is awesome. I knew I knew that's what you were going to say when they asked that question. I, I was interested that they even asked that. Um, yeah. the, the last question, and I think it's because, you know, you clearly have grown well, is how much milk, which I don't even know that you do, how much milk do you consume on a daily basis? I Honestly, I really don't drink milk anymore. I, I did as a kid. And then... Mm -hmm. um, I just don't drink it. I, I drink, I try to drink a lot of water. I drink probably too much coffee. Um, I don't, I don't drink much soda anymore. I was a kid. I, I used to drink a lot of diet Coke. I don't do that so much. I try to cut down as I've gotten older. I think my body doesn't metabolize caffeine as well as it used to. And so I've kind of cut that out, but milk was never, I mean, I guess when I left, when I left home, mm -hmm. when I was 18. It's probably when I stopped drinking a lot of milk. I don't um, need all the lactose. True. And there's lots of other kinds of milk now, too. Almond oh, milk, yeah. pea so milk, I, soy I milk. Cereal, which I don't even really eat cereal anymore. 
I would use probably almond milk or one of the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't go with pea milk, the P-E-A is what I mean. It's disgusting. <laughs> but all right, well, what are you into this week? Anything new going on in, in your world or exciting? Well, Carrie, what I'm really excited for um, is, is coming to Atlanta this week. Uh, the FedEx Cup, the Tour Championship for um, the PGA uh, Tournament for golf. And um, so I'm going to go on Friday. I'm really looking forward to that. And it's one of the mo my most fun sporting events to go to because just, you know, the difference, the, how excellent they are at their craft. And mm -hmm. golf is such, it's just, it's so minute. The difference between being great and terrible can be, is a fraction of a millimeter, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and it's just fascinating to me. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll be going out to East Lake on a Friday and then I'll be watching. Uh, on my television set, uh, yes. which, which Courtney will just love. She loves the sound of golf in the background. <laughs> Listen, I think every time we do this, it comes back to golf, <laughs> which is, you know, big in my household. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But anyway, well, thank you again, Jeff, for certainly going through these, these really big topics that we've talked about. And then also kind of having some fun with our questions from our kids in the congregation. It's really great. Uh, to hear from you and to, to be able to um, really kind of recap everything that we've talked about. And I know that the, um, the kids have told me they make their parents watch this or listen to this <laughs> to hear your answers. Oh, uh, so they, they but it, that's really, it's that's um, great. fun well, for thanks, them. Thanks, Carrie. And I'll look, next week is one uh, conf the Scots Confession, which is very probably I would imagine unfamiliar to most folks so I hopefully um and it's and actually we're gonna we're gonna talk about when the creed says we're the catholic church what does that mean because it's I've been shocked at how many people misunderstand what that means and mm -hmm. so we're gonna get into it and uh do a little grammar do a little english uh educations I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be fun fantastic well thanks so much Jeff we really appreciate your time and we're looking forward to next week Thanks, Carrie. I'll see you soon. Okay, bye-bye.